This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. If you have your Bible today, uh, if you don't have a Bible, uh, you're going to see the verses come up uh, on the main live stream. But if you're on YouTube and Facebook, uh, we just encourage you to uh, uh, comment and, and, and be a part, be engaged in this. But I want to start reading today in Acts chapter 27. I want to encourage you just for a few minutes today. It's going to be short today, like my wife's short and sweet, like Nancy. But today we want to encourage you today. I want this to be some good news. And uh, we want to cheer you on and believe that this week, no matter what happens, no matter what's announced, no matter what happens on your street or in our city, that God's peace will be in our life. Amen. Uh, Acts chapter 27, it's an amazing context in this story. Paul, Paul, who originally his name was Saul, uh, he had a name change, but his name was Saul, and he was actually one of the people in charge of persecuting Christians. He was killing Christians. He was trying to demolish the church that Jesus was building. He was an enemy number one of the church. And then he had a divine um, moment with God. He had an astounding um, conversion moment where God showed up uh, and opened his eyes uh, to the truth. And he had this moment. And in that moment, his life changed, his, his mission changed, his goal changed, and God even gave him a new name. I want to encourage you that some of you are in for a name change, not physically, uh, not on social media, but maybe you were known by regret, or maybe you were known by shame, or maybe people, when they looked at you, they saw pain. But when God gets a hold of your life, he changes your name, and now you can be seen as strong, you can be seen as pure, you can be seen as worthy, and Saul got his name changed to Paul, and he actually became the leader of the church. The church he was once killing and trying to destroy, he was now leading, planting churches, preaching all over the world at that time. And in the middle of that, people arrested him uh, for that. And now in this part of Acts, he is on his way to stand trial in Rome. And he's on this, on this ship, on this boat, and he's at sea in the Mediterranean. And as he's on this journey, a storm kicks up, a crazy storm, and they go through a shipwreck. We start picking up here in Acts chapter 27, verse 39. It says this, When morning dawned, they didn't recognize the coastline. Again, they've been fighting through a storm all night, all day. And now they're coming up on this coastline. It says they didn't recognize the coastline, but they saw a bay with a beach and wondered if they could get to shore by running the ship aground. So they cut off the anchors and left them in the sea. Then they lowered the rudders and raised the sail and headed towards shore. But they hit a reef and ran the ship aground too soon, more earlier than they had planned to. And the bow of the ship was stuck fast and the stern was repeatedly smashed by the forces of the waves and began to break apart. Can't help but think today, maybe you feel like your life has run aground right now. Maybe you feel like you're being tossed back and forth and you feel like your life's being smashed apart. Some of you, some of us, the jobs that we had secure a month ago now, it just seems like our security has been smashed apart. Maybe uh, the things we took for granted of errands and coming and going and doing things, it feels like we are stuck where we are. Maybe you can relate to Paul in this story. It says in verse 42, then the soldiers, the, the, uh, the prison guards of the ship said they wanted to kill the prisoners to make sure they didn't swim ashore and escape. But the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul because Paul had favor. When you have favor with God, you have favor with people. And Paul, even though a prisoner, had favor with this commander. So he didn't let them carry out their plan to kill them. 
So he ordered all that could swim to jump overboard and make for land. The others held on to planks, held on to planks or debris from the broken ship. So everyone escaped safely to shore. Jumping into the next chapter, 28 verse 1. Once they were safe on shore, we learned that they were on the island of Malta. The people of the island were very kind to us. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. So Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, and a poisonous snake driven out by the heat bit him on the hand. The people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to one another, a murderer, he's got to be a murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. Verse 5, my favorite pass verse in this passage. But Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. The people waited for him to swell up and suddenly drop dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds and decided he was a god. Then it jumps down to verse 8 and it just says this. It says that there was a man's father who was ill with fever and dysentery. And Paul went in and prayed for him, laying hands on him. He healed him. And all the other sick people on the island came to Paul and were healed. This morning, we want to encourage you. For the next few minutes, just on this title, if you're taking notes, you'll see it on the screen behind me. Grab and go. As we unpack God's word, this this this. Uh, talk I want to title Grab and Go and believe today that God's going to encourage you. Can we pray one more time? God, I thank you for today. I thank you that your word changes the atmosphere in our lives. Thank you, God, that you speak to us even today. For those tuning in, Father, wherever they're from, first time tuning in or a part of our regular church, I pray today that your presence would make yourself real. Whether people are turned off from church or maybe have never been, maybe they go to church every Sunday, I pray today they would feel your presence which is good and kind. God, I pray that we would leave this live broadcast more in love with you, more passionate about you, and more committed to the plan you have for our lives. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Where am I overpackers? You, when you go on a trip, you're just the overpackers. Do you know someone that overpacks? Maybe you're looking at someone across the room right now, looking at someone. Usually the overpackers are the same people that have that gold membership at Costco. They're the same people, I've realized in life. The people that love Costco are also the overpackers when they travel anywhere. Maybe you're an overpacker. Just doesn't matter if you're going away for a day or a week, you just take the biggest piece of luggage you can find and stuff it full. We, as the Millers, uh, we are a carry-on only family. It's just, it's part of our DNA. We're just like, we carry on only. In fact, this Christmas, we uh, gave our kids updated carry-on rollerboards. And for our trips, they just know we are carry-on only. Why? Because we like to travel light. Uh, overpackers amaze me. You see them in airports. You see the amount of luggage they have. And I realize in life, that life really is about what we are carrying, what we are packing. The longer you're in this, it seems like the more baggage, the more life, the more stuff you have. Uh, I'm always reminded when I think about baggage and carrying things and luggage, uh, I'm always reminded, I had one of those moms that her purse had everything. It was like the Bernie bag, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it was that it had everything in her purse. Like anything you needed, before there was MacGyver, before there was any, like my mom's purse had absolutely everything in it. Didn't matter what you needed. It was like a survival bag. In this season, mom's purses come in handy. 
I, I, I swear, I, I'd be somewhere and I'd be starving. I'm like, Mom, I'm hungry. She's like, oh, you're hungry, baby? And she'd open up her purse and she'd bring out sandwiches and crackers and arrowroot cookies. She'd bring out uh, juice boxes. She had granola bars. Everything was in my mother's purse. I remember, it didn't matter what you need, a game, she'd have coloring books in there. She had crayons in there. Uh, one day I was even saying to mom, like, I I'm lonely. I, I wish I had someone to play with. And she opened up her purse and out came my friend Timmy. Timmy was in mom's purse. He came out, I was like, Timmy, what are you doing in there? He was eating arrowroot cookies at that time. But my mom's purse had everything. But I realized in time, maybe it's just my mom, but there's only one thing mom's purses don't have. And that's a clean, unused Kleenex. That's the only thing mom's purse don't have. I, it's amazing. My mom had food. My mom had coloring books. My mom had certs and Tic Tacs. My mom had pens. She had hairspray. She had everything in that purse. But if you needed a Kleenex, it was the same Kleenex my whole childhood. This thing came out. It was crusty and old and wrinkled up. I never forget one time, man, she passed me back, back, back that Kleenex. I blew my nose in it. A week later, my brother had chocolate on her face, and I'm convinced it was the same Kleenex. She pulled it out. She spit on it and wiped off my brother's face. There's something about mom's purses. I don't know today what, uh, if you're an overpacker or you're a carry-on or what kind of person you are, but I'm reminded even in this story that so much about life is what we are hanging on to, but it's also what we're letting go of. The text we just read today, there were some things they had to grab a hold of and there are some things they had to let go of. Some things, I want to encourage you today, church, you have to fight to hang on to. In this season, you may feel like you're in a storm. There are some things, listen to me, church, we have to fight to hang on to. There's other things we have to let go of. It says in this passage, it says in verse 44, it says these, these, these inmates on this ship, as they jumped overboard, it says they hung on to debris. They hung on to barrels and pieces of wood and crates. Their life depended on them grabbing a hold of something to make it to shore. If that's not a picture of today, we, there are some things in your faith, in your life that you need to hang on to. But then it says in verse five, it says Paul was on the shore and this snake came out and bit him on the hand. And it says Paul shook it off. He let go of some things. Today in this season, as we're navigating, we've never been in this season before. I hope you're doing okay. It's, uh, it's a trial. It's, it's tough. There's some things that want to attach to us, fear and other things. And I believe to make it in this fight of faith that we're in, there are some things we have to hold on to with everything we have. And there are some things that we have got to let go of and shake it off. Today, I want to encourage you. There's some things you need to grab and some things you need to let go of today. What are some things you need to grab, church? What are some things you need to grab today? As you're sitting home or sitting in your kitchen, sitting on your couch, maybe you're watching on your phone in your room. What are some things today that you need to grab a hold of in this season? Let me tell you, you need to grab a hold of God. You need to grab a hold of God. The Bible says lay a hold of your salvation. You got to grab on to your faith and your salvation. In all you're grabbing, grab God today. You say, Mike, I don't go to church. I haven't been to church, man. I just, I came across this broadcast live or I'm, I'm re-watching it. What do you mean grab a hold of God? Well, let me, let me give you a couple things that means to grab a hold of God. If you're going to grab a hold of God, it means that you grab a hold of hope. He's the God of hope. If we've ever needed something today, it's hope. Grab hope. Hope is, is forward. Hope is against all odds. Paul in Corinthians, the same Paul that is in this story, he wrote this and he said this, I has not seen nor ear heard 
nor has entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. You need to know today, God has good things planned for you. I don't know what your thoughts are about God, but he has a good plan for your life. He has good things planned for you. That should build hope in your life, that your ceiling dreams is God's basement idea. Some of us have dreams for our life, for our families, for our kids, for our marriages, maybe for your singleness, for whatever you're in. Your ceiling idea that you think this is as good as it can get, that's God's basement idea. Why? Because he has things planned for you you can't even imagine. Can I encourage you? Get your hope up today. Get your head high and your hopes up today. Have hope. Hang on to hope. We are in a rough season. This is real. We're going through it, but it won't last. Get your hopes up that the best is yet to come. You got to fight for your hope. And the way you talk, what you watch, what you say, how you think, you've got to hang on to hope. Can I encourage you today? Grab a hold of God. Grab a hold of hope today. I'm believing hope even right now is going to start filling your life. What else should you grab a hold of if you're grabbing a hold of God? Grab a hold of joy. Grab a hold of joy. When I grew up in church, there was this song said, the joy, joy, joy of the Lord is down in my heart. We grew up singing these songs in church. Can I encourage you? You got to grab a hold of joy. Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. That I believe the joy of knowing Jesus, of following Jesus actually strengthens you. Now there's a difference between happiness and joy. We have a world that's craving happiness. Everything's about happiness. They're happier on Friday than they are on Monday. They're happiest when they're having a great latte at their favorite restaurant than when they're home drinking home brew. And, and, and happiness is different than joy. We're not talking about happiness today because sometimes life is not happy. Some of you are like, Mike, what are you talking about? This is not a joyous time. Listen, joy and happiness is different. I believe we can hang on to joy. Happiness is based on external circumstances. Your happiness can go up and down based on your job, on your, on your, on your promotion, on your looks, on your finances, on your social connections. And happiness is very vulnerable because it's based on what's happening around us. In this season, it's hard to have happiness. Joy is different. Joy is an internal conviction that God is for you and with you and leading you. And when you follow Jesus, a joy starts to happen. The Bible says that Jesus was heading to the cross, which was not an easy time. It was a hard time. It was not a happy time. But it said the joy set before him he endured that rough time. What was that joy? Knowing that he was going to help us all become close to God. I want to let you know today you can hang on to joy. Hang on to joy. Listen, Jesus died for our sins. We don't have to walk around looking like we have to. It's okay to smile in this season. It's okay to post those memes online. It's okay to be light in this season. Why? Because we know this is real and it's tough, but it's just a season. We have hope and we have joy that'll outlast anything around us. We can hang on to joy today. God has forgiven you. He's given you a purpose. We're truly alive and we can enjoy it. Can I encourage you today? Enjoy. Enjoy knowing God is with you even in this storm. What else do we have to grab onto today? Our calling. See, we believe, we say this all the time. My wife says it all the time. She says, you are born on purpose, with purpose. See, I don't know who you are today and where you're tuning in from, but I want to remind you that you are not an accident. We were born for a reason. There's a reason why you are here today. And it's more than just to get a job and get relationships and try to retire and try to live 60, 70, 90 years, that there's more to your life, that God has a plan for your life. He has an assignment on your life. And I believe you have to hang on to your purpose, hang on to your calling, 
Hang on to your why. So many people focus on their how, how they're going to make a living or who they're going to marry or who they're going to know. But the why of life is so important. It says in Jeremiah 1.5 in the message version, God says, before I shaped you in your mother's womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. You know you have, he has holy plans for you today? Holy plans. It's a good plan. You got to hang on to your calling today. A job is what you get paid to do. A calling is what you were made to do. I want to let you know today, there's a calling on your life. You were made to make a difference. You were made to help people. You were made to love people. You were made to follow God. I want to encourage you, hang on to your calling today. In the middle, that you may be losing your job, but no one can take your calling. You may have got to notice that you're off work for a few weeks, but you're not off duty at the calling God has on your life. Some of you, you need to know that there's creative calling on you. There's, there's the influencing calling on you. God has a calling for your life. Hang on to it in this season. You may be alone in isolation, but you're not alone because God is with you and he has a plan and a purpose for your life. That's good news today. There are things we have to grab a hold of. God gave it and we need to grab it today. You need to fight for it today. Wake up every day looking to grab what God has for you. You gotta grab some things. But there's also some things we gotta let go of. And I've learned in my life, there are so many things that want to attach to our life. And if we're going to make it through this storm, if we're going to make it through this season, we've got to grab some things, but there's also some things we've got to shake off. We've got to let go of. It says this in Hebrews 12.1. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside, or another way you could say that, let us let go of every weight and sin that so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us let go of every weight and sin. I think it's interesting there that the author, he doesn't just say sin. He says weight and sin. There's some things you got to let go of today. You got to shake some things off your life. And sometimes it's weight and sometimes it's sin. Well, what's the difference between weight and sin? Weight is what someone else puts on you. Sin is what you put on yourself. In my life, I got to lay aside things that people want to put on me, labels they want to put on you, low expectations. People want to want to call you by your past mistakes or your, 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 your past limitations. And people want to limit you and put weights. Maybe it's pressure. Maybe some of you, it's to go into your parents' business and there's a pressure for you to do that. Maybe it's, there's a pressure for sales for a certain level or a pressure to be the answer to this problem. Or, and people put this weight on us. Can I encourage you? Shake that off today. People are putting weight on you, maybe as a business or in, in, in social settings, or maybe people are just putting labels on you. Can I encourage you to shake that off? But sin is different. Sin is things we pick up ourselves. I don't need anybody putting weight on me. I pick up my own sin, choices I make. But the Bible says no matter if it's something someone else puts on you or something you pick up yourself, to let go of it, shake it off, lay it aside, and run with endurance. Today, a couple of things I want to encourage you in the, in the next few minutes, allot it to me of some things to shake off of your life, to let go of. It says Paul was in this fire making a campfire and this snake jumped out at him. And it said Paul shook off this snake, shook it off. Isn't it amazing? You talk about a bad day or a bad season. First of all, he's arrested for doing God's will. Odds are he was beaten and interrogated. Then he's on this, on this ship, on this boat in chains. 
going to trial, which he'll probably be put in prison or killed. In the middle of that, he's in a storm. He makes it through the storm and he thinks, finally, I can have a break. And then a snake bites him on the hand. It says Paul shakes it off and then goes on to pray for people all over the island and they were healed. What are some things you got to shake off today? Here are some things that might be trying to attach to you in this season that you need to shake off. Number one, normalcy. Normalcy. Everybody's trying to be normal. Everybody's just trying to fit in and be the same. Can I encourage you? Shake off being normal. Some of you are like, man, I've been to church. You guys ain't normal. Listen, I'm not talking about being weird, but so many people just want to be bland. They want to be average. They want to just be a carbon copy of everyone else. But God's called us to be exceptional. God didn't send his son to live an exceptional life, to die a remarkable death, to raise from the dead, to give us access to God, for us to live a normal life. Can I encourage you? Get some bold prayers. Get some bold ideas. Be, make, make a choice to be a bold difference in your neighborhood. Don't, don't, don't die being normal when you were born to be exceptional. You need to shake off normalcy. We believe as a church, we're not just a normal church. We're just on a normal gathering. We believe that the God that made us is the God that saved us and is the God that is using us to reach the world. And normal never changes anything. You're born to make a difference. Shake off normalcy. What else do we need to shake off? Comparison. Comparison's real, isn't it? We've never ever been able to see more people in live time, man, on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and, every, and everywhere and comparison, comparing churches and families and cars and food and, and, and wives and husband and we're comparing everything. Comparison is a trap. Comparison is, it, it, it will kill your unique call in your life. We spend too much time on Facebook and Instagram seeing what we're missing instead of asking God what we should be doing. So many times people will look at something, oh, I missed out on that. I missed out on this. I can't believe I wasn't invited to this. I can't believe I don't know about that. And we spend so much time seeing what we're missing instead of asking God what we should be doing. And comparison is killing God's call in our life. I think as the church, I want to speak to the church right now. When we, when we say things like we're bored, oh, I'm so bored. Even in this season right now, I get it. I get it. We're home and we're, we're tired of just being inside our houses. But when I think when Christians say we're bored, it's both selfish to a hurting world and insulting to ascending God. Listen, God's plan for your life is a lot of things, but it's not boring. Even from the confines of your house, texting people, FaceTiming people, you can make a difference. And comparison wants us to see what we're missing instead of asking God what we should be doing. What's something else you got to shake off your life? Offense. Oh, this is real right here. Isn't it so easy to get offended? Isn't it? It's so easy to get offended. People say things the wrong way or you hear it the wrong way or in the busyness of things, people just don't maybe meet your expectations. And offense happens when someone doesn't live up to your expectation. And we put expectations on people and people put them on us. And it's so easy. If you do life with people, it's easy to get offended. But offense wants to attach itself to you and it will kill you. Holding on to offense is like defending something that was sent to kill you. That's what an offense does. An offense comes into your life. You're ticked off at a leader, ticked off at a, a partner, ticked off at a relationship, ticked off at a business, ticked off at somebody. And what was sent to kill you and attach to you and take life from you, drain life from you, 
Having an offense is this very thing sent to kill, to kill you, you hang on and defend it. That's what offense is. I want to encourage you to shake off offense today. Nelson Mandela, the amazing hero of South Africa that fought apartheid and did time in prison. I love his quote. He says this. He says, resentment is like drinking poison and waiting for your enemy to die. People may have offended you and they may have done wrong, but when you get offended, it's like drinking their poison, expecting them to die. It'll take the very life from you. It'll take your faith from you. It'll take your hope from you. It'll take your calling from you. It'll take your joy from you. It'll take relationships from you. It'll isolate you from the very community you want to be a part of. You need to shake off some offense today. Shake off the offense. Grab salvation today. My God, in Jesus' name, grab salvation today. Grab God today. You need to shake off some of this weight and sin. There are things that are trying to take you out today, some weight and sin, things trying to kill your calling and they're clinging to us today. And this is fear are trying to cling to us. So many things, depression, anxiety are trying to cling to us. Church, we need to shake it off today and grab a hold of God's hope and his presence and his joy. I wanna encourage you to shake it off. Your life depends on it. Your kids' lives depend on it. Your community depends on it. Your very calling depends on it to shake some things off today. First Peter says, cast your cares on the Lord. These things that are trying to attach to you of worry, shake them off, shake them off. I have to do this daily, even in this season. This week we've been going out delivering groceries and helping people and organizing teams. I had this moment midweek where I just, I just got overwhelmed and I was doing good and it kind of blindsided me. I just felt under it all of a sudden. I thought like, is this gonna last? Are we going to make it financially? Is the church going to keep going? Or what if so-and-so gets sick? And what if more people lose their jobs? And will life ever go back to normal? And what about our kids with their schooling? And I started to feel under it. But every day I wake up and I know there's some things I got to grab. And there's some things I got to let go of and shake off. For the love of God in this season, parents, young adults, seniors, shake off some things from your life because God has a plan for us. The thing about peace, which is so ironic, is we have to fight for it. Fight for your peace today. When I was living in the former Soviet Union uh, in my 20s, I was teaching English in the former Soviet Union, which is scary to think that there's actually some people right now living in the former Soviet Union that talk like this. I, I'm still learning English myself. But I spent a summer there teaching English and working with orphanages and doing missions work. I'll never forget it. We were running for this train in this city called Panavagis, Lithuania. And we were catching this train to go to Klaipeda on the coast. And I had one of these luggage. I didn't know any better. All my family had was those big luggage with the wheels on the bottom. And in fact, I don't even think it had wheels. This is a huge piece of luggage. I remember we got late to the train station and we started to run. And one of my leaders, a guy named Peter, said, the train was actually moving like in the movies. Like, we got to run. We got to run. We can't miss this train. There's, no, there's not another train till tomorrow. So these leaders and team, I was the youngest on the team, 19, 20 years of age. We started running. I did that penguin walk, you know, when you're carrying a big piece of luggage and you're trying to run. I had my whole life for three months. I had books and I had clothes and I had snacks and I had toilet paper. I had everything in there. And I'm running for my life trying to catch this train. And I remember as we ran for the train, I remember being very aware for the first time that some of my team didn't have that luggage. They had backpacks on. 
these internal frames, 70, 75 liter backpacks with padded straps, with a weight, uh, waist belt, and they're running, their hands are free, they're helping people, they're waving us on, and I'm doing the penguin walk, running for this train, and we, we all get on this train. I'm sweating, and I'm tired, and I barely get on this train. I remember thinking, I need to get one of those backpacks. I need to get rid of this, this luggage and get one of those backpacks. It's amazing, from every trip on, from my 20s and 30s, I used one of those backpacks. My hands were free. I could jump on subways and trains. I could, I, I, I could navigate maps and GPSs. I could pay for food while keeping my luggage on me. Sometimes we do that with things trying to attack our lives. We don't drop them. We don't get rid of them as they attach to us. We just make them more comfortable to, to carry. Sometimes the things that were once heavy and uncomfortable because they've been with us for so long, we've been carrying them for so many years, we actually just make them a little more easier to carry. Can I encourage you today? Don't carry it better, drop it faster. Some of us, the offense has been going on for years or decades and what used to keep you up at night, now you carry it better and you only think of it when you see that person or you hear that song or you're in a certain social setting and then it comes up and you're carrying it better. Maybe it's, it's anxiety and fear that you're just choosing to hide it or carry it better. Listen, don't carry what's trying to kill you better. Drop it faster. I've never been more committed in my life to dropping things and shaking things off that try to attach to my life. Today, I wanna to encourage you, wherever you are watching this, to grab a hold of what God has for you and shake off the things trying to kill you. I'd like to pray for two sets of people today. And the first group I wanna pray for, and again, if you're watching this with your family or maybe you're by yourself today, what are some things trying to grab a hold of your life? Maybe it's fear, man. Fear is so real right now. It's attaching to us. Every newscast, every every tweet, every Instagram post, you see something that wants to attack your, your faith and your hope. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's an offense. Maybe it's depression or maybe it's something else that's trying to attach to your life today. I wanna to pray for you today. That the same God that made you is the same God that can help you shake that off today. It says that Peter, that it says that Paul went on and God used him to pray for and heal. Your faith, your ability to get through this storm is bigger than you. Your ability to grab a hold of God and shake off the things trying to attach to you is bigger than you. The enemy wants to make you think it's all about you because Paul shook it off. It says the whole island was healed. There are people that are waiting for you to come out on the other side of this alive and wealthy and to keep going. You need to shake it off today. Your kids, your grandkids, your neighbors, your church, your friends need you to shake this off today. What's trying to attach to your life? If that's you, I just wanna pray for you. If you can just bow your head for a moment. I know it may seem silly, wherever you are on your phone, maybe on your TV, your laptop, but just take a moment right now. This is more than a live stream. This is more than a production. It's a moment where God wants to help shake some things off your life. If you just bow your head for a moment and think of something that may be trying to attach to your life. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you're with us today. God, I thank you for the people that are fighting for their faith today, fighting for their calling, fighting for hope and joy and peace. God, right now we pray anything trying to attach to our lives of anxiety or fear or depression or anxiety or lust or offense or resentment, in the name of Jesus, we shake that off today. We shake that off. We value your calling 
more than that hurt. We value your plan more than that fear. We take your word at a higher value than that newscast and that tweet. God, I pray for strength today to shake off those things that are trying to drain life from us. And I speak life today. I speak joy today. I speak hope in Jesus' name. Second group of people as we get ready to close is you say, Mike, I don't know God. I'm far from God. I tuned in today. Maybe you used to go to church and you haven't gone to church in a long time. Maybe you, you go to church, but you say, I don't know Jesus. Church, I can do without, but there's something about Jesus. There's something about God. The Bible says you can know God. You can, that distance, that gap, that isolation that you feel from God can disappear. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is God, that he is Lord, a miracle happens and that relationship is joined together. If you say, Mike, I want you to pray for me right where I am. I want you to pray for me that a miracle will happen, that I'll have that relationship. You may be in isolation, but when we leave this live cast, you cannot be alone anymore because God will be with you, helping you. If you say, Mike, I want you to pray for me. I just want you to raise your hand right now. I know that may sound weird to you, but I believe heaven is cheering right now. We just, again, I want that. Can I pray for you? Let's pray. God, I thank you for those right now all over our city, province, country, and even the world that are watching this. God, I'm thankful that you crossed heaven and eternity to be close to us, that you broke through that, that quarantine of sin, that isolation of weight, and you busted down the door and said, no, no, we're in this together. God, I thank you that no hell or high water can keep you from coming after us. God, right now we believe in our heart that you're God, that you have a plan for us. And we confess with our mouth, we say, God, you're the only one that can help us. Would you forgive us for our sin? Would you get rid of the weight on our lives? God, we want you to lead us and help us. Would you make yourself real to us right now? Come into our lives in Jesus' name, amen.